0: Hey, it's Carrie ann Michelle. When I set out to create season two of Lofty TV back in 2020, I wanted to capture the secrets of some of the most successful female entrepreneurs I knew. Looking back three years later, I see a direct connection between these authentic, vulnerable conversations and the successful outcomes for this amazing diverse group of women. Tune in to learn how the right self-care plan does in fact enable success. Hey, this is Carrie ann Michelle. Today, my guest is Deborah Junta, founder and CEO of the Brainchild Collective. We talk about the power of being deliberate, what burnout really means, and how to use a mantra to change your perspective. Hi, Deborah. Hi, Carrie ann how are you? I'm great today, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Oh, it's so great to see your face. You <laughs> too. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on season two of Lofty TV. Of course, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to talk about self-care with you today. And um, typically as I start off, I always love to introduce my guest and share a little bit about you and what you do and then how we met. So um, today my guest is Deborah Junta. Um, She is the founder and CEO of the Brain Child Collective. And um, she has actually founded three education companies that are focused on social emotional development. The first is Design Dance, and then Prismatic, and most recently, the Brainchild Collective. Um, and the programs you provide reach over 6,000 students a year, which I think is amazing. Most of those are in Chicago, but you also do pop-ups in some other major cities. Um, and you know, one of the things I think is so cool is that in 2019, you partnered with the U.S. Embassy and uh, in Sarajevo, and that you also are a TEDx speaker, which I think is just really cool. Um, so yeah, we met at Evolve Her, a female-focused co-working space um, here in Chicago. We we're I think I think about two years ago, um, and it was kind of right when I think I was getting involved and you were getting involved there. Um, and we've stayed connected and and recently I was able to do a session for your students with your first ever summer camp which was just delightful we did one on self-care so anyways it's great to see you again <laughs> uh, thanks for having me that's it's so it's so bizarre
1: to hear your bio read <laughs> it's, uh, so uncomfortable but thank you for doing that
0: yeah, you're welcome um well, before we jump into our conversation about self-care, I would love to have you just share a little bit more from your perspective of, you know, what the Brainchild Collective is about and what you've been up to. Yeah. So
1: um, over the last 12 years, we've been working in Chicago schools um, through the, our two, two organizations. So Design Dance, teaching social-emotional learning through movement and Prismatic, using um, career development to infuse uh, social-emotional skill building into the career planning space for kids and i think as we the more we were doing this work i think it became clear that there was really broader needs for a lot of our schools um, in relation to social emotional learning Um, and we were seeing like it wasn't just about our organizations but there's you know so many organizations working in chicago that um, are doing great work and everybody's kind of siloed and so our vision for the brainchild collective is is not only to bring together our two organizations but to also look beyond what we do and say how can we partner with organizations throughout the city that are supporting the social emotional well-being of students and become a one-stop shop for schools that are interested in bringing sel into their school but you know the the administrative lift of working with lots of different partners can be really overwhelming for schools especially right now um, so we had initially planned, you know, we we launched on the back end, just like founded the business of Brainchild Child Collective um, about a year ago, and um, we had planned for this fall to launch in-person partnerships, um, but, you know, that's not happening. So um, over the summer, we really pivoted and, and started looking at how can we use the digital space to support SEL in schools. So we've developed quite a few... Um, virtual programs. One of them is one that you participated in through Prismatic, but we're also partnering with lots of other organizations that are providing um, virtual learning opportunities for students and, again, creating that digital hub so that schools and teachers can log on and find these great SEL skill building activities in in one place.
0: I just think it's amazing, and I know having a chance to really experience it live myself, um, you know, the at least for me, bringing kind of the topic of self-care where the two ways I was involved, um, it just really seemed like something. I know that these were, I think, mostly female sort of teenage age that I was uh, participating with, but they just seemed very genuinely grateful to have been taught a new way to think about you know, the, these types of skills and to incorporate them into their life. And um, I think that's amazing that you're focusing on that.
1: Yeah. Was one of the things that you know when we asked for feedback about the program from our students it was definitely an area that they were um they had a lot of feedback about was the self-care piece and part of it was they either said that they had never thought about self-care um, they prior to our program thought that self-care was something that they didn't have time for and and that they was really for p- people who are very privileged and have a lot of time and space and money and that this program helped them to see that that was not the case. And I think that there's, I found that a huge area of success for us and definitely a a testament to you and to Taylor who also ran these self-care sessions because I think that is and is certainly something that um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are facing which is how do we take care of ourselves in a time where it feels like, you know, other people are experiencing so much pain and we we should be supporting other people. So it feels selfish to take care of yourself right now. And I think it also feels like there's just never enough time to do the work of running a business through a pandemic. I mean, there's there's so much that we could be doing. So it's hard to, to connect with taking any kind of break or taking care of yourself. And I think our students feel that, I mean, more so than than I think even I felt and I felt very stressed out as a teenager, but when I our teenagers today are facing a lot they're facing a lot more than we were facing and part of it is that they just have so much more access like i know for me we didn't have social media yet when i was a teenager so i didn't have access to all the problems of the world and today's teenagers are accessing i mean they have access to every piece of news they can see things on video that we never had access to which i think kind of shielded us from that level of anxiety and i think today's teenagers are really like carrying the weight of the world, um, on their shoulders. And they're looking at a very uncertain future, especially, uh, through the pandemic where, you know, we're not even sure what college looks like right now. And so for some of our kids that are graduating or graduated this year or are graduating in the next year or so, it's like, what is that even going to be for me? Um, so I think that self-care is really powerful message for entrepreneurs, but I also, I think it's so amazing to be able to offer that to kids because I don't think. That they're, I think the the stress level that they have is so overwhelming, and they're not looking at how they can prioritize themselves.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad that you know you're able to help them to start to think about it at this younger age because you're right. There is, there is so much more that you're being um, exposed to now. For them, um, is thinking about through technology and especially now being just on technology all the time, just to even to yeah. be educated. So, knowing and understanding what that means, I think, can go a long way. And I would be curious as we we think about this, is you know, what's for you? What's something in the last month maybe that you've done around self care you've committed to that you're feeling really proud of? Yeah,
1: um, there's been it's been a journey since we like everything closed down in March, Um, and I've gone through these spurts of, you know, some moments of feeling really consumed with work, and then some moments feeling like it's hard for me to feel motivated at all, like I I just feel drained with the constant issues that it feels like they're hard to solve, Um, and I think that one of the self-care practices I'm trying to implement is to really listen to that, so when I'm feeling inspired and creative and work is feeling good, I know this is like maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think sometimes it's okay to let yourself flow into that. Like I think sometimes it's okay to work a lot when it feels good and generative, and it's giving you um, a space to be creative and innovative. And then to really listen to myself when it feels like I'm forcing it, and allow those moments to be times where maybe I'm a little less productive. Um, and so there are there are times, there are weeks um, in in my life throughout this pandemic where I felt like really inconsistent where I I feel like I just cannot engage and I'm allowing myself to take that space because I know that what's going to come on the other side of that is that like spurt of energy and creativity that um, if I don't take the space now, I won't be able to come back to that. So I think listening to myself is important. Um, I think the other thing that I really miss that I'm realizing this is kind of a recent realization is I'm I'm really missing I I do have a great team and so I I get to work with my team on a daily basis and and we've stayed really connected over Zoom and um we're we're I think a very close team. But it's been really challenging to live without some of the networking pieces that were kind of built into my life pre COVID. You know, like I I was also at evolver a lot or I would be at events and even just having coffees and happy hours with other um, entrepreneurs that were in similar positions. Maybe we were both dealing with, you know, what it was like to have staff turnover or what do you use to manage your payroll? Or like, how are you, you know, what are you looking at for your marketing plan for the next year? And those kinds of discussions, um, you know, they just don't exist naturally. And so part of how I'm trying to take care of myself is to be really deliberate about making this happen. Like, it does take a lot more work in the midst of COVID, to um, to make those things feel natural, like you really just have to schedule them. You have to reach out to people. You have to plan stuff. Um, but it is very generative for me. I can find that I have a lot more energy and excitement around my work when
0: I'm able to talk to other people who are in the same kind of role that I'm in. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, I love these couple examples that you've given. So one, you know, the idea of taking space for whatever that is, you know, if like you're feeling this energy around what you're doing. Um, yeah, always being mindful of, you know, reaching a burnout, but um, taking that when it comes and getting into that flow of the work, when it's feeling healthy and feeling energizing, because um, you're right. There are at least for me right now, too, there seems to be a lot more days where I'll feel the heaviness you know, of everything going on, especially living downtown Chicago, um, you know, and still reminding myself every day, hey, we're still in a pandemic. Um, you know, so there are more moments where taking that space is required. Um, so it's nice to know and to feel affirmed that when you're feeling great, it's okay to just keep moving and to be energized.
1: Yeah, I have, I've um, listened to a podcast episode once where they were digging into um, to burnout and what, what really causes burnout. And it really resonated with me because they talked about how burnout does not come from too much work. It comes from the kind of work that doesn't give you energy. So there's, you can work, and I've definitely felt this, there's been times where I could work three hours and feel completely drained and burned out. And it's because of the type of work, it's because of how I'm feeling about the work, it's about whether or not I feel... Uh, Appreciated in the work that I'm doing, whether or not I feel like there's traction on the work. And there's other times where I can work 12 hours straight and I feel excited about it and I can't wait to do, you know, wake up the next day and do it more. And like, I think that's it, it really is important to listen to like the burnout isn't about the number of hours. It's really about like what is your experience and relationship with the work.
0: I think that's an excellent point because i'm just thinking about you know burnout uh in my own experience and you know one of the things i've been thinking a lot about lately is the perspective of the work so there's certain work i'm doing right now to keep my business afloat during covid that isn't a hundred percent you know where um i want to be focused maybe a year from now but it's allowing me to pay bills which is important um, and it's easy to start to feel burned out by it until I bring that perspective in of what is it giving to me in my life right now. And when I allow myself to think about it that way, and then to, just to go into the work that way, I don't feel that same sort of heaviness of a burnout. So I think that's exactly right. And it, it can just be so enlightening to make that shift. It's not necessarily easy, but it will happen if you, if you, if you fo- kind of focus on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also am curious, you know, thinking about business specifically and your career, you know, using self-care a lot of times. I know we just talked about this a lot as we got on um, today in terms of, you know, all the different types of forms self-care can take. Right. And a lot of times we talk about self-care being something um, when we're taking that time for ourselves or doing something we love, like cooking or going for a walk or meditating, um, or reaching out to friends and community. But, um, you know, what, what do you think about how, you know, how do you use self-care kind of in your career and for your business to reach goals? I mean, I feel like we've been sort of on this path in the conversation, but is there anything else kind of specific that you do? You mean with my team
1: or like with my own business planning? Either one. I think listening, I'm going to like echo exactly what I just said, too. Like, I think even with my team and when we're working on things, we've tried a lot in the last six months where we we are like coming up with new ideas all the time. And we're like, what where, where should we put our energy? And a lot of times, you know, the more ideas you come up with, the more you're going to fail at ideas because you're just there's the numbers are not in your favor in terms of being successful. Um, but I still think that's the best way to, to go. I think, like, especially right now, it's a very uncertain market. We have no idea what people are even wanting, so we have to try things. We have to test. And I think that being – really listening to ourselves, not forcing it, but saying, it's okay that we went into this experience and it didn't go the way that we wanted, but we're going to listen to where we're at right now and we're going to scale it back. Or we're going mm-hmm. to pivot the other direction. And, like, having – having checkpoints in place to really listen to each other and listen to what the actual experience is. I think it's easy to just say, um, well, we've invested time into this, so it has to work, and and just push and push and push. But sometimes, you know, things are not working. And so paying attention to that, I think, is a uh, a way of of paying honor to yourself and your experience. Um, I think also, you were really developing a team Team dynamic and culture that's responsive to the individual experiences that everyone is having. So, we spend time in every single meeting um, checking in about where people are at. And in a lot of cases, you know, like people are overwhelmed. Like, this is a tough time to be a human being. And really honoring that and letting people have this space. We've got a very flexible work environment where people do sometimes are like, I know it's Tuesday, but I cannot work today because I am dealing with this serious thing in my personal life. I will make up the hours on Saturday or I will like, you know, I'm going to people are getting their work done. But I mm-hmm. think being able to flex into a, a more flexible space right now has been an important piece of self care um, that we're using to guide the business. Um, and I think in general, we're a company that, you know, we're we're promoting social emotional learning. and. I think there's, it feels really powerful to do that right now. I think in a, in a world where we're talking a lot about what's essential, what is a, what is an essential business, what is an essential worker, what's essential in education, um, it feels really powerful and we, I think, feel very committed to the mission of making this an essential thing. Like we, we so, social emotional learning isn't just about self-care, but it is about, you um, I think the things that make life worth living, it's the stuff that it might not be the, the thing that's going to um, provide, you know, put food on the table, but it's the reason that you, it's are, they're the skills that make your, your relationships better. They're those skills that make it easier for you to connect with yourself and know what you want and work towards your goals. And like all of these things that I think make it worthwhile to be alive on planet earth. And it feels powerful. I think we, we feel very driven by Um, how important it is for us to be promoting that and make sure that these aren't things that get cut out um, because they're not you know essential that making sure that these are things that continue to stay valued for our kids
0: I think that's really important what you're talking about I mean it's essentially focusing on the humanity side you know the the human side of who we are and I love that you know you're sent practicing what you teach you know for your team and that that must go a long way for those that work with you and are part of your team to really be able to give to others um, and to do their work because I know one of the things we're talking about the very beginning of the conversation is the way um, people often think about self-care and especially in this time of wanting to support people and give to others but It's really hard to do that unless you first hold space for yourself. So I love that idea of flexibility that you have um, with, you know, if someone needs to take a day off and they know they're an adult, they're a part of the team, they're motivated to get their work done, they'll make that up. And also, I love the the fact that you check in with everyone and that they're allowed to show up as their full selves. I think there's been at least in my experience in the work world as a part of other teams um, and especially more in kind of corporate America, there was an idea of like you leave those things at the door when you walk through here and you're here to we're paying you to do your work and the reality is that it is important sometimes to be able to do healthy compartment compartmentalization <laughs> but at the same time right now especially it's very hard to um, completely do that
1: yeah and I think I think there's a fear certainly and I I've, I've not had a lot of experience working in corporate America. So this is not a a personal experience, but based on what I've heard from other people, it seems like there's a fear that if you let a little bit of that in, that it's just going to go off the rails and no one's going to do anything. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's, at least for me, I find it really powerful. You know, I I do think I'm a a highly productive person and I work really hard, um, but it goes a long way for me to be able to say, yeah, I'm hustling, I'm working hard, but I'm also struggling with this thing. And even just to be able to say it allows me to feel seen for who I fully am. And I think it makes it easier for me to do the work and not feel burned out. And I, I don't think it has to be either or. And, and on our team, I think you sat into a, a meeting of ours, like you will hear people really sharing like personal stuff going on in their family and struggles. Hey, or whatever. I drank too much wine last night. <laughs> and like now I feel really tired and like stuff like that. And, and at no point is it like, um, so I just can't do any work today. It's always like I'm doing I'm doing what I need to do, um, but here's who I really am. Here's who I am in the meantime. And I think there's a real um, power to that of saying like we we are all coming to work or home or wherever we are with just a host of experiences that are not really being validated or seen or addressed. And I think we just, are better human beings to each other when we feel like we can be all of those things at one time.
0: I agree with that completely. I also think, you know, the sense of community that comes out of that is so much greater. And I found at least in my I found it a lot more as an entrepreneur. I've I've been able to open up a lot more naturally as I've, I've talked with other, you know, um, other leaders like yourself. But as I think back, even in when I was in corporate America, you know, I worked with a lot of um, C-level clients and those that I was able to be a bit more vulnerable with, you know, not telling them everything about my life, but to be more human and to have there's there's a reason, you know, I think we go to topics like the weather because maybe we're a little bit nervous and we're not kind of used to that. But at the same time, we are actually through that, looking to make some sort of common connection with another person. And yeah. you know, it's it's sort of when you're not used to that practice of being open and vulnerable. Um, and when you are, again, like all these things we're talking about, to me, is self care. It is self care in the workplace. It's allowing your team to be practicing, again, like you said, showing up as your full self, being vulnerable, um, and and being able to to share in more of a community in a deeper way. And and you, at least for me, I always feel like I want to support somebody. Um, when they need it, even in a work role, when I know more about what's going on, I don't need all the details, but you know, to just understand at that kind of more of that empathetic level, it makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, and I think it builds a team that really feels accountable to each other when you see them as humans. And I think that there's, um, I think not that this needs to be a conversation about management, but I think that there's definitely in a, in a very top down management approach, like people are only accountable to, um, their boss and they're only accountable to whether or not they're going to get in trouble for something. And I think when you teach um, teams of people to take care of themselves by sharing their full selves, I think you naturally teach them how to take care of each other. And so people are accountable to each other. Like, I I feel like our team, um, they would not want to fall behind on their work, not because I would be upset with them, but because they know that someone else on their team needs them and is relying on them to, to pull their weight. And I think that's like a really... It's just, it's so much of a healthier, I think, work environment than the fear-based,
0: like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get in trouble for something if I do this wrong, you know? I agree. I agree completely. Um, Another thing that's on my mind I wanted to ask you about is, you know, especially, we're kind of getting there in the conversation, but just thinking about everything that's been going on, right, pandemic, living in big cities, a lot of uncertainty is the word I use to sort of describe it. And it's easy to get stuck. you know, and kind of this feeling of feeling stuck. And I know we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but I'd be curious, you know, as you reflect on specifically kind of where we are right now and still being in this world of uncertainty, is there, you know, anything kind of self-care related that really helps you to get unstuck? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's definitely been, um, like I said, it's been a roller coaster. There's t- some times where I've been really energized by the limitations of this time. Like, I've really been energized to try and create something within a lot of uncertainty, and then there's been times where it feels really overwhelming and um, heavy to be creating a lot of stuff that people needed yesterday and they don't need anymore today, and to try and figure out what that need is and how to how to reach that. Um, so I think that one of the things that I have a a mantra in my head that I use in all of these moments and I try and disconnect myself from just the outcomes that I'm going to achieve. So I tend to be very achievement oriented. I care a lot about outcomes and like external recognition and like this thing is working because somebody bought it. (laughs) Like (laughs) this thing is working because somebody said that they like it. You know, I'm, I'm very attached to that for better or worse. And I, that is hard right now because sometimes you're not going to get that, even just in the sense that we're all kind of siloed and there's a lot of oscillation right now. Sometimes the work that we're doing is kind of working, but like no one's going to see it. You know, it's just really it's it's, it's hidden more. And so the, the the mindset that I really try and adopt that's been really effective for me is I ask myself whether or not the outcomes are what you want them to be. Who do you want to be in this moment? Which kind of person do you want to be right now? And honestly, like, that gets me out of it because it's very clear to me the kind of person I want to be. Like, I want to be a person that, like, even if, let's say, my business collapses in the pandemic, I want to be the person that, like, showed up for my team 100%. And I want to be the person that came up with new ideas and tried new things and listened to my clients and really tried to meet the needs of the time. Like, whether or not I can effectively do that and whether or not that will be successful, um... It's important for me to be able to come back to like who I want to be and it's very validating to say and I think this is like a skill that I'd like to take into my life post pandemic which is instead of being constantly focused on what is the outcome what is the achievement really looking internally at like did you show up as the person you you want to be and if you did that's what success can look like right now.
0: Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that kind of inner, you know, or kind of personal way that you work through things. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. I mean, a lot of us are always taught, you know, begin with the end in mind, you know, especially as a business owner, it's sort of like, well, if you're not making money after a certain point of time, there's no outcomes and are, you know, you need to pivot. And that may be true to keep the business healthy, but to try to measure ourselves against things that our business is or isn't able to do right now is not always the healthiest way to, you know, measure our own worth, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, you know, I really love that idea that you have created a simple kind of question, this mantra that you use that allows you to just sort of, it sounds like recalibrate and, you know, can help you to, I'm assuming, keep, you know, keep moving forward in your day or or bring in a different perspective of what's going on.
1: Yeah, it's very, um, yeah, I think it's it's been really good for my. It's been a good skill for me to learn. It really is like, who do you want to be in this moment right now? And it's it's very like mindful. It really requires that you just stay really focused and grounded in today, um, which is not a skill I usually
0: have. So I'm I'm definitely flexing into that these days. I think I'm going to. I'm writing this down. <laughs> uh, it's something that I may actually try to practice myself because I really like that a lot. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your time today and your perspective. And I'm so excited about what you're building. I really am. And I, I think it's it's really a very um, special calling that you have to, to bring these types of skill sets um, to a younger part of our population and demographic that, you know, will allow them, hopefully, to have some of these tools that, you know, some of us didn't have um, generationally. And hopefully, you know, from a societal level, will you know, these kind of small um, steps in bringing new resources and ideas can go a long way um, with building, you know, the next generation of leaders, and especially right now. So I think it's amazing the work you're doing. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining. It was so good to see you and catch up. um, And I'll see you soon. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll see each other again
1: soon. Thanks, carrie All
0: right. Bye. Hey, it's carrie Michelle. I believe that taking self-care to the next level just takes the right mindset. If you want a daily routine, check out my Patreon membership where I share sound baths that help alleviate anxiety, meditations to get centered, and tips and tools to stay grounded and balanced.